Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I'm going to kick this off real quick here with about a nine-minute, eight-minute, nine-minute audio clip. This is from Renette Sunham's Substack, the Foghorn Express. And uh, this is titled 15 Thoughts from a Sex Trafficked Survivor on the Sound of Freedom movie. This comes from Madison Marquette. That's who this individual is, who, again, was sex trafficked when they were younger. And uh, they're going to give you their take on this entire phenomenon that, of course, has existed and the psychological operation that's taking place regarding it. And how, unfortunately, The real victims of trafficking are the ones that are being ignored throughout this entire process while a bunch of Hollywood people are patting themselves on the back. So give this a listen, and I will jump in at the end of this and add a few more things, and then we'll get right into other subjects. So here we go. I am a trafficking survivor. I am highly against this movie, and I find it, like, irritating, (laughs) I guess is the right word, that people come on to my social media pages and tell me, oh, it's going to wake up the masses. It's going to wake up the masses to go see this movie. Yet you are pretending to be awake and you're going to watch this movie, but I'm yelling really loud. And when I say yelling really loud, I'm talking about on social media. I'm against the movie. Other survivors are against this movie and you're not hearing us. So what are you supporting? Because you don't support survivors and you're not listening to our words and you're not listening to what we're saying and you're not hearing what we're saying regarding this movie. So are you awake or are you a sheep? I believe you're a sheep because you're not hearing again what we're saying and why we are against it. Like the most irritating thing I'm hearing is it's going to wake up the masses. It's going to wake up the masses. What masses are waking up because they're not listening to us, the survivors. So who are you waking up? Like which person? It's literally like saying, I believe that you were raped, but I need to show everybody your rape video because I need to make sure that they know rape exists. And then another person, um, I don't know her name. I forgot it. So I would like to give her credit, but you can go look on my telegram. She posted like the best thing ever. She said, do you need to go watch porn to know that porn exists? I'm like, it's true. You don't need to go watch porn to know that porn is real. You don't need to go watch this movie to know that human trafficking is real. Where in, in this entire movie has Jim Caviezel, Mel Gibson, or Tim Ballard talked to any survivor? Where has Tim Ballard, Mel Gibson, and Jim Caviezel elevated a survivor's voice? Where has Tim Ballard, Jim Caviezel, and Mel Gibson asked a survivor what they thought about the movie. Here's the other kicker. What survivors were invited for free to this movie? Which ones? You guys can't tell me because there weren't any. Because they're funded by Hollywood. You're literally funding our traffickers. You're spending $22 to go fund trafficking. And you're not listening to the survivor. And I find it really gross. Some of y'all, like, I'm sorry. But it. This is the most, this happened with the Jesus Revolution movie, and it's happening again with this movie, is you're funding Hollywood, you're funding the lamestream media because it's been pushed by Facebook and Twitter and all of these big social medias. It hasn't been censored yet. How many of us have been censored and put in Facebook jail and Twitter jail and Instagram jail and whatever social media jail we've been put in, yet this movie is being promoted like crazy to the masses. You're not awake. You're literally 
just going and you're not listening to the survivors and you're funding human trafficking. That's what's happening. Okay. Now for someone that has been trained to co-rescue children and who does rescue children and goes and extracts them. Let me tell you something. No child, okay, is jumping in the arms of myself or anyone else because they don't know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. They are not saying, oh my gosh, thank you for rescuing me because they're scared shitless. Do you know the, the trauma that they have gone through? They are not jumping into Tim Ballard's arms or Mel Gibson or Jim Caviezel or anybody else. What people are doing right now are romanticizing human trafficking and they're making it like it is this great thing and saying you're waking up, but no one is woken up to this movie. Have they talked about the demonics that goes on? Because when we go and rescue these children, these people are demonic. They are evil. You have to go in with a shield of armor, not only to protect your body, but to protect your mental and spiritual health. And they are not talking about that. It is the it is beyond maddening that survivors' voices are not being elevated. Let's talk about, I mean, they could have asked Kathy O'Brien. I mean, she has been one of the biggest um, SRA survivors out there, and they're not talking to her. They didn't elevate her voice. They didn't ask her what her story is or what she's gone through. What they've done is just like we've done with everybody else, here in America and across the world, as we have put some man on a pedestal, we are acting like he's God when he is not, and we're paying $22 to fund it. Now, have you guys gone look at their 990s? Do you even know what a 990 is? Look it up. There is a website, and it's a free website, and you can go look up the 990s, and you can search Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad, and you know what? You want to go down a rabbit hole? Go down that one because you can see where all the money's going, where all the money's being laundered to. He is him and Glenn Beck are laundering money to each other. Tim Ballard is on the Nazarene Fund board and Glenn Beck is on the OUR board. And it's kind of funny that these Mormons are literally making millions off of the worst pain that some of us have gone through. Now, let me ask you again. You think that you're awake, yet you're not listening to their survivors. You're not listening to me. You pretend to hear my voice, but you're not hearing my voice because I'm against it. Yet you want to come to my page and my house and tell me why you watched it, why you funded it, and why you're so great for humanity because you went and watched it. You know how many people reach out to me and say, hey, we want to help with human trafficking. We want to help anti-human trafficking. And I'll reach back out to them. And I'll say, this is what we'll need. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Everyone has an agenda. And until people don't have an agenda, that is when human trafficking will stop. And I am really sick of people saying, we need to bring awareness around human trafficking. Nope. We need to eradicate human trafficking. We need to eradicate it and we need to have safe houses and we need to have houses where women and children and men can go to get their healing, where they don't have to worry about losing housing or food or funding because they're not sucking the dick of Tim Ballard. Okay. I know that sounds really kind of crude, but you know what? I just, people like don't get it at this point. And it's really, really frustrating. And on the, one of the most days where we should be celebrating our independence, there are people still enslaved. And instead of actually doing things for humanity, people think they are doing something by sitting in a cushy movie theater with their popcorn and air conditioning, watching this man that they put on a pedestal be praised and worshiped like a god which he is not and he's a fake one at that worth millions and millions of dollars 
And you can go look at his 990s and see where the money has gone. It has not gone to one survivor. You can look at the 990 to see that. And I'm not going to do it for you. I'm giving you the tools to go do it. Search up 990. I don't have the website on me right now, but I'll post it in the link when we're off. And you can go sign up for free and start searching to see that none of this money or this movie or from Tim Ballard or from Glenn Beck, because they're all in and on it together, has gone to a survivor. So what are you supporting? You're supporting and funding human trafficking. Congratulations. Stop coming to my page and telling me, this is why you watched it. This is why you're watching it. I don't care. I think that you're a horrible human. You're not hearing my voice. You're not hearing survivors' voices. You are not woken up. You do not care about survivors. Because if you did, you would not come to a human trafficking survivor's page and tell me why you're defending funding traffickers. She raises endless good points, I think. She's 100% right. I agree with her. I find it interesting, again, that uh, you would think that these individuals would do whatever they could to promote a particular conference that exists with real trafficked victims and victims of trafficking rather uh that they would want to get these people's names out if these individuals were vocal and wanted their names out there to provide some education as to the ins and outs of what really goes on but we're not hearing that we're hearing a lot of again Tim Ballard and uh Jim Caviezel and oh we aired it at Trump's uh golf course or whatever and now he claims that you know he wants to execute uh, child traffickers, which is great, but at the exact same time, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why don't we actually find some of these individuals who are already on the internet, who are already educating the masses about child trafficking and give them more of a voice? Either way, it is, uh, I think, rather disgusting that the attention isn't being put where it could be put, is my overall point. And Renette elaborates here again. She she talks about movie manipulation in the Substack, and uh, by watching The Sound of Freedom, you're you're funding the traffickers, and continues to highlight the points that um, that Madison Marquette rather certainly highlighted. And then she breaks down again the different points in the video, and then she provides the receipts from Operation Underground Railroad that uh, Madison was referencing regarding their their tax forms and how much money they've made, and so on and so forth. It really is bizarre. And again, you would think that these individuals, if they were really interested in bringing awareness, then they would help promote as best they can a conference that, uh, that had these individuals associated with it, and they made sure that all of these individuals who are vocal on the internet as it is were, were attending this conference and speaking at this conference and giving the keynote speeches and things of that nature. And that we weren't leaving people out. That if individuals felt comfortable coming, then they could. Conferences like that would bring a great deal of awareness, I think. And then, of course, we know the, the power of the internet. They would all be taped. The different sessions would be taped. It would have its own website. It could get out there. And who knows? Maybe this already happens, and I'm just shooting from the hip here as if it doesn't happen. But it seems like this is something that... Uh, all of these individuals, again, regardless of age, but the Madison Marquettes, the Kathy O'Briens, that a number of different individuals could get together and have a massive conference about this if they felt comfortable doing so. 
And uh, again, you would think that that would be making the rounds on the internet as being a very good thing. And it would be if it existed. Again, I don't know if it exists or not, but it certainly sounds like it could and certainly should. As opposed to, again, people pumping money into AMC theaters yet again. So that's my two cents on that. But if you want to bounce over to RenetteSunnamsFoghornExpress.substack.com, check that out. All right. Very quickly, um, on an unrelated note, I want to read this before I get into some education-related subjects, which is going to carry, ironically enough, right into uh, my appearance on the Dangerous Info podcast with Jesse James and Outcast. But I want to mention this story because this grinds my gears, and it really is troublesome, and it's one of these things that is existing at the corporate level among many companies, if not all of them at this point. And it really speaks to a much larger issue, which has, of course, long-stretching ramifications for the future of our country. This is from Legal Insurrection, and it is titled, Lowe's, the, the hardware store, fires employee, 68 years old, who was assaulted as she tried to stop shoplifters. Lowe's said that grabbing the cart that these monsters were stealing violated company policy, and that's why they fired her. This policy exists on purpose among numerous stores and corporations, clothing stores, you name it, that if you attempt to stop someone from stealing a product, that you as an employee are going to get fired. Now, I have to tell you, Telling a person, an employee, to just let people steal things, okay? This is clearly now happening at Lowe's and happening, well, it's going to happen with regularity now. It's going to turn into the the CVS stores and the Walgreens pharmacies and you name it that we see constantly coming out of San Francisco and other places in California and certainly New York where they're just stealing and they're allowed to just steal. And then, of course, everything ends up getting locked up behind plexiglass uh, doors and whatever else. But either way, this policy exists on purpose because it specifically destroys what is innate in us as moral human beings. That when we see wrong occurring, many of us, it is innate in us to run toward the problem and fix it and solve it, and stop it from occurring. This is a massive mental programming that is taking place on a corporate level among all employees that a policy like this exists, and then it is heavily enforced to the point where the employee who is assaulted and destroyed and broken down mentally, emotionally, physically, and socially is the one that loses their job. They've been working there for 13 years. Donna Hansborough is her name, 68 years old. She clearly has a black eye on her, on the right side of her face, her right eye. And uh, again, this is being done to normalize this kind of behavior among minorities. And all three of these individuals were black, are black. A Takaya Berry, Joseph Berry, probably related, and Jamar Lawton. And apparently they're still uh, attempting to be found, and they stole over $2,000 worth of, worth of stuff. 
everybody should be stopping criminals from engaging in criminal behavior. There's another video, though, that I want to bring to your attention, which, again, was out last week or the week before, and I saw it, and again, it's one of these things that situationally, and, so, and as far as society is concerned, grinds my gears. It was footage of a, a, a white guy. I presumed he was white, but he's being chased by a black guy on a subway train that's filled with people. Many of them are Asians, some are not, but it was in America, if memory serves. And this individual was, well, the, the black guy was running after the white guy with a knife in his hand as the white guy is screaming for help and screaming that the black guy is stabbing him repeatedly and cutting him up. And all you see in the video is not only the black guy running after the white guy, but you see all of the passengers on the train stand up and run in the opposite direction on both sides of them. So they're running down. These two are running down the middle of the car and everybody stands up and runs in the opposite direction. It blows me away. Again, if I were on that train, I'd have killed that guy. I'd have killed him. And many people would have. And as we know, all of the stories are out there about, well, you can't protect yourself in public, whether it be on a subway train or anywhere else, because, again, if you're white, they'll come after you. The legal fees, the arrests, the court costs, all of it, that you will be in a heap of trouble, even if you're protecting yourself legally. But again, the, the sheer social, whatever that is, that dynamic, that brainwashing, that uh, indoctrination of getting everybody to just run away from the problem instead of solve it, that is exactly why we are in the situation that we are in now as a country. Because no one is standing up and doing the right thing. There aren't enough people all at once standing up and doing the right thing. Taking the person to the ground, literally and figuratively. Taking these corporations to the ground, literally and figuratively. Destroying them. Making sure that they cease to exist. Boycotting them. Yeah, it's happened with Bud Light and Coors and all of that stuff, and that's great. But there's more work to do here. And this is a huge problem. And again, it's being done on purpose to demoralize people, and it's working. It's working. Because a story like this hits the internet and everybody loses it. Now, it's not just because it was three minorities against uh, an older white woman. That's not just the problem. That's a big problem. But that's not just the problem. Going against what is innate in us and fighting that off is, is the much larger problem because you are quite literally reprogramming the way that you were innately made by God. And of course, we know who's really behind all of this, don't we? But at the exact same time, this is being done across the board in numerous lines of work. This kind of demoralizing behavior, and if you see this, well, then make an excuse for it, or if you see this, then cover it up, or if you see this or experience this, then we're going to sweep it under the rug, and if you do this and if you do that. I'm telling you, 
this right here leads to a purposeful mental and emotional breakdown that happens with endless people in endless working environments. And as we know, that's not something to joke about because you're talking about clinical depression then. You're talking about anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and as we know, that slippery slope leads to killing yourself. But if a person, again, is allowed to innately do the right thing in the situation that calls for the most equal and just answer, which in a situation like that would be, again, in the Lowe's store, for example, going back to that as the example here, everybody goes after those three, subdues them, pushes the cart back in the store, helps the old woman up, and calls the police and leans on them until the police show up. Or maybe we have to get to this stage. Maybe we have to start getting to the stage where we are walking around as a citizenry, and I'd be 100% fine with this, but we walk around as, a, as citizens in our own country and we all have handcuffs. All of us. That we walk around now with handcuffs on us, not just a gun, as you've heard me say needs to happen with every American citizen, but maybe we should just start walking around with handcuffs so that we can make sure that individuals like this don't get away. Now, if it's three of them, well, that means that more than one person is going to have to jump into action and do the right thing. But if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. There is nothing more demoralizing, ladies and gentlemen, really. Well, there's, I shouldn't say that. There's lots of demoralizing things. But if you've ever had something stolen from you and you, and you either know who the person is or you don't, or you see their face or you don't, it's, it's dirty. Stealing is, is just so dirty. Yes, there are lots of dirty crimes like rape and a thousand other things too, murder, of course, but having something stolen from you and there's nothing you can do about it and you know that the person is probably going to get away with it, maybe, this is a huge problem. In particular, again, if you're seeing something be stolen from a company that you work for, you're trying to save the company money, even though they're insured and it doesn't matter if it gets stolen or not, but you're trying to help them because, again, helping is innate within yourself. Making that moral and value-driven disconnect is a giant on purpose. And as you would expect, which leads me into this now, talking about education here, is that that leads me directly into the substack that I just wrote, which is up on the AmericanClassroom.substack.com. Please check that out. It has to do, again, with this kind of behavior occurring within professional development settings in American K-12 school districts, private school districts, charter school districts, and then the same at the university level. Because the beginning of every school year brings about these kinds of quote-unquote professional development sessions when really all they do is demoralize, humiliate, insult, and further disconnect these individuals who work in these environments further away from reality by lying to them and again making excuses for particular things and putting emphasis on particular subjects that don't even exist, that aren't even real, but normalizing again the presence of illusionary things and pretend things, whether it be 
diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all that horseshit, whatever it is, that that continues to separate the body from the mind, and it and it leads to people killing themselves. It is a massive, massive problem, and this is coming from the top down. Again, numerous corporations, as you heard me just say, do this kind of thing. And again, you know, you even take that subway example of again, you know, the the one person running after the other and the other person is screaming for help as they're being stabbed, which by the way, I think he's still alive. He was hospitalized in very serious condition. Um and I think the guy got away if memory serves. I'm not entirely sure on that, but that same kind of behavior occurs consistently within American K-12 schools also. Doesn't matter where the school is, doesn't matter how white or black the school is, violence happens constantly. And it happen and it has many different forms that it takes. But the kicker and the kickstarter of all of it happens again within the the last couple of weeks and certainly the next few weeks in the month of August when it comes to pseudo-professional development that exists within these environments. Every well, I should put it this way. Any teacher with any moral compass whatsoever detests those sessions and those professional development sessions. They absolutely hate it. They would rather go from a summer vacation right into their classroom setting and immediately start teaching. They would rather do that. Again, the morally sound ones. Now, as you've heard me say, being morally sound in a uh, American K-12 school district these days is, is next to impossible. And I'll elaborate a little bit more again with Jesse James on that. But this this problem is not going away. As you've heard me use the example, the pedals to, to the floor, fifth gear, full motion steam ahead here. Uh, it's not going away. And it is on purpose for the purposes, again, of demoralization and rooting out the morally sound. And if you can, in the process, break a few of them mentally and emotionally. Because again, when an employee kills themselves, regardless of the working environment, regardless of the way that they've been treated, regardless of the laws that have been broken, when an employee kills themselves, there is and can be legal action that does take place, but it is few and far between. There has, I mean, there has to be Endless documentation of of endless examples of harassment, along with the employee themselves bringing the harassment to the attention of the harassers themselves, which is, I mean, that's difficult in itself. Because again, why would you want to consistently face the individuals who are victimizing you and constantly remind them that uh, they are the problem and that they need to stop and they have codes of conduct and there are laws that exist in this world you know again it's like talking to the insane and trying to get them to do something logical uh you've heard me reference a recent case here at Miami University where they're doing where, where basically the exact same thing is happening a former uh provost if i'm not mistaken his name is Jason Osborne that he's being sued along with the university and a couple of other employees for harassing and humiliating and destroying this individual uh, who, again, was just trying to grasp onto reality and the roles of their position and what they had to do, and the individual ended up killing himself. And his wife, his widow, is, is suing them. 
and I hope she wins everything. Um, Jason Osborne's career is over. If you Google his name or you look up his name on any search engine, start page, duck, duck, go, whatever, you're going to find his name and you'll find that story. So he's finished because he's been tied to harassing an individual in the workplace, causing their suicide. This is so, this is so prevalent that, uh, I'm not sure I have all the words to fully describe it, but I do have a few stories here that I, that I want to bring up that are ironically enough, recent in the news as of, uh, just within the last week or so. And certainly again, this is a subject that we're going to dive more into, uh, on the dangerous info podcast, but this was interesting because again, this came from the daily caller last week. And the story itself is from, uh, well, it's all from last week, but Gateway Pundit just threw it up on their website just the other day. So they're a little slow on the uptake there. But either way, this is titled, again, from the Daily Caller, Man who worked at school board for 24 years commit- committed suicide after being bullied at equity sessions, quote unquote, the family says. It says a former principal of the Toronto School Board has committed suicide after a diversity training session in 2021 allegedly left him battling bullying accusations of white supremacy. I mean, these people, I got to tell you, they are nuts. They're absolutely nuts. And you cannot reason with these kinds of individuals that um, will bully someone because they disagree with them and then they make a leap of, of white supremacy. I can't tell you how prevalent this is in the American K-12 and university setting. It's disgusting. The man's name was Richard Bilkstow. If I'm saying that correctly, my apologies if I'm not. Uh, It says, took his own life on July 13th of this year after suffering more than a year of mental distress stemming from a diversity, equity, and inclusion training in the spring of 2021. His lawyer, Lisa Bildy, announced on behalf of his family. I put this tweet and this letter in this in my Substack uh, most recently, and I want to read this letter. So it says the following: It is dated July twentieth, twenty twenty three, Toronto. With sorrow, it is announced that Richard Biltstow passed away suddenly last Thursday, July thirteenth of twenty twenty three, at his home in Toronto. He was sixty years of age. He leaves his distraught mother, brother, nephews, niece, and many dear friends and family, family and friends, my apologies, uh, whose lives he touched over the years. Richard was a former principal with the Toronto District School Board. He had retired recently, but continued to do contract work for the board. He was passionate about helping learners succeed and became a highly accomplished leader in the field of adult education over his 24-year career with TDSB. I'm going to interrupt real quick before I keep reading this. That point right there, that situational point of him retiring and then feeling a need to still do it, and then returning back to the same environment that he just retired from, uh, th- that right there again, with, with all of the whack jobs that, that clearly worked there and all of the false things that they believed and all of the indoctrination and everything, all of that insanity and, and willfully walking back into it, this, is th- this was basically the basis for my entire first book, Where the Finger Points, 
I specifically brought up situations like this in that book and how you don't know when a person's mind is going to snap. You just don't know. But what we do know is that when you consistently re-inject yourself into an environment that is as poisonous and toxic as this one, it's only a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of time. And in this unfortunate case, instead of, and I can say this in hindsight, of course, given his situation, because suicide is a uh, permanent solution to a temporary problem, if he just left and retired and went and did something else, maybe wrote a book and put his energy into a book about how poisonous the environment is and how he tried to help but clearly couldn't and is seeing things change in a particular way. I mean, I figured this out a long time ago, but this right here is a perfect example of how people are still figuring it out the hard way. That they're trying to grab onto something that they can't grab a hold of. It's slipping through their fingers every time they're trying to grab onto something that's real. They can't grab it because what they're actually trying to wrestle with is pretend. It's all pretend. And by him again injecting himself back into that environment, that was the kiss of death right there. That's where his mind snapped. So this letter continues and it says the following. On his retirement from full-time work in 2019, a superintendent at the TDSB wrote to Richard saying, quote, You have proven your excellence in equity instruction, entrepreneurship, student engagement, and breaking new ground for communities where, where chronic struggles, where chronic struggles, rather, uh, mental health and newcomer status often brought more frustration than success. You have been a leader amongst leaders. In changing their lives, I am proud to have worked with you. I feel we will work together again somehow, but until then, I needed to signal we are losing one of the great ones, unquote. The letter continues then from the lawyer, and it says, Sadly, Richard experienced an affront to that stellar reputation in the spring of 2021, causing him severe mental distress. A later ruling by the WSIB confirmed he had been the subject of workplace bullying after a series of quote-unquote equity sessions coordinated by the TDSB and provided by the KOJO Institute, Kojo Institute. Richard commenced a civil lawsuit against TDSB this spring, which was recently described in the National Post. And then they have the link to the article, it says the allegations in the claim have not been yet been proven in court. It says, after his troubling experience with the board's equity agenda, Richard began advocating to bring people together through a more equality-focused, pro-human approach and spoke out recently against the lottery system for specialized programs the TDSB had introduced, which removed any consideration of merit. Ultimately. He was concerned with fairness and respect for all learners, a mission from which he thought public education was straying. It wraps up and says, Unfortunately, the stress and effects of these incidents continued to plague Richard. Last week, he succumbed to, his, to this distress. His family and friends have been left reeling and wishing they could have had the chance to convince him that he was loved, respected, and needed here. May he rest in peace, unquote. And that tweet was from July 20th. Again, 
when you're constantly trying to grab at something that is real, that you believe to be real, or control even some sense of insanity that exists, and it just keeps slipping through your fingers because everybody around you is equally as insane as the idea that they are perpetuating and the falsehood that they are perpetuating. Your mind and your body cannot keep up with that kind of grasping. Again, it would be, you know, visually speaking, it would be like trying to swim to shore, and it doesn't matter how hard you flip and paddle, you're not going to get there. And I want to reiterate this again you're listening to a guy who had a breakdown when I was a school teacher toward the end of my career. Same kind of thing workplace bullying to the nth degree, you're looking around. No one's doing what you're doing, which is the most morally sound thing, being a whistleblower and recognizing illegal behavior and then trying to have the right thing occur. And you assume that people are going to come to your aid. And then that doesn't happen. And that's how I felt too. You're consistently trying to grab something that you're never going to get a hold of because no one else is helping you. So you're constantly trying to swim to shore metaphorically, and everything, I mean, you can't even cup your hands to push the water back. It's going through your fingers, it's going through your skin, and you're making no ground whatsoever. In fact, you can see the shoreline drifting further and further away from you. It's, it's a very, um, it's a horrific experience. And that's putting it mildly, but uh, it is also liberating at the exact same time because when you survive it and you come out on the other end, you no longer live in the matrix. I mean, it is, it is really akin to that movie in more ways than one. You are Neo, you've broken through the slime, and then you have to reach behind your head and pull out this rod that's been in the back of your head programming you or attempting to program you into a particular way of behaving on a constant basis. And then once you pull that out, there's no putting it back in. You're on your own then. Then you're free. And unfortunately, people don't make it to that step. They get, they get lost in the mud and in the ether of this subject and this constant demoralization from horrific, quote-unquote, professional development that again is largely based on falsehood and things that do not exist. It's complete and utter pretend. And it claims lives and it takes lives. Again, I've written books about this. I've written numerous chapters about this. I could rail on this for days and days and days and days. But this is, uh, this is going to continue to be a huge problem. This is going to be a massive problem. The whole COVID lie itself, I mean, holy shit. If you, if you sit and think about that, okay, and just let that wash over you, the mask wearing, the jab taking, the, the piles of bodies that are going to exist at the bottom of a bridge are going to be immense. And when you start walking up to those bodies of all those people that are killing themselves and you check out their lanyards, I bet a bunch of them are going to be school teachers, school employees, and nurses and people in the medical profession. These are the individuals that are going to off themselves because they have no idea what they've just participated in. 
again, I, you know, I, it can't be understated. It is, it's, uh, it's arguably the worst thing that's ever occurred in the history of humans. And, uh, and endless people are just continuing to just brush it off. Like it's not that big of a deal. This is this. Yeah. It's all connected is my overall point. All of this is connected. All of it, all of it is a giant on purpose. And that leads me to this now, because this furthers the point. This is also from, uh, let's see here, the Gateway Pundit. And it is titled, Kentucky Nurses Are Required to Take Implicit Bias Course on Structural Racism and White-Splaining, quote-unquote. This right here, again, is the kind of professional development that I'm talking about. They call it professional development. That's what the business of education calls it. They'll always call it that. It is furthest from. It is brainwashing. It is designed to break the mind because the weakest will be the ones who go along with it, while the strongest will simply walk away. Unfortunately, everybody who sticks around within the environment in the middle of those two on that spectrum, those people that sit in the middle, those are the individuals that are just having their mind chipped away at one one piece at a time, just one chip at a time, to the point where, again, they either say, I've had enough, and they leave the profession. They submit, because if you can't beat them, join them. There's that mentality also. And then they just say, well, I'll just accept this, because this is the way that it is. And who knows, maybe they have a couple of good points, and maybe they do. maybe this does make sense, and maybe this is necessary. And then you've got the person right by the back of the neck. And you can drag them around anywhere you want. But the problem is, is that's the person that's going to have the breakdown. That's the person whose mind is going to be snapped. So here's what it says. It says, nurses must, quote, recognize the history of racism in healthcare, unquote, and could face discipline if they do not comply. Then face the discipline. That's all. Don't participate. Face the discipline or find something else to do with your life. It says, according to a report from the Washington Examiner, the ultimatum to complete the mandatory, quote unquote, continuing education training, which the Kentucky Nurses Association developed, forced nurses to complete the training by July 1st. Quote, They pretty much said we're all guilty of being racist, and we need to examine the way that we take care of patients and change our behaviors because we are giving substandard care. Rebecca Wall, a Kentucky certified registered nurse anesthetist with 40 years experience, told the Washington Examiner. It says the training was given by Ken, I'm sorry, KNA, Board of Directors, Treasurer, Erica Brandford, and KNA CEO Delanor Manson, who told the nurses that the, quote, best intentions will not solve implicit bias in healthcare. Do you, I mean, holy hell, do you see the, the brainwashing connection here? You have to have the brainwashed provide the brainwashing instruction to those at the bottom level, so to speak, who are either brainwashed, somewhere in the middle, or wide awake. 
I mean, I can't imagine Kim Carter sitting in a room with this kind of nursing instruction. She'd flip her shit. I mean, she would start laughing out loud, stand up and walk out. I'm certain of it. But this right here again proves that that uh, deceptive line of demoralization and brainwashing that has to be present first before you can ultimately attempt to take over the rest. This is, again, this is not an accident. This has always been a giant, purposeful deception. Constantly. It continues here, unfortunately. It says, quote, In order to lead a meaningful change, any exploration of implicit bias must be situated as part of a much larger conversation on racism and bias said an opening slide of the presentation, according to the examiner report. Another hyperbolic slide featured an image of the KKK burning a cross. Quote, I had to make a decision at that point as to whether or not I was going to bite the bullet and agree with the assumption that they have had that we are all racist, Wall said. Quote, it was a struggle professionally to decide whether or not to finish it. No kidding. It then says that ultimately, Wall decided not to finish the course. It says, quote, it's offensive to be told, if you don't do this course, you're out after 40 years. She continued and said, a whole career spent in the field because you don't agree to the one dogma. You're done. You're valueless. You're not worth it anymore. Did you hear what she just said right there? That sentence alone is enough to drive someone into complete and utter madness. You're done, you're valueless, you're not worth it anymore. A person says that to themselves out loud, then they say it privately on a constant basis, then they start to believe it, and it's all downhill from there. That's what the real training is intended to do. The real training is intended to break the mind. Because the minds are already broken when it comes to the people delivering the training. They're already finished. They're a useless suit. They're an empty suit. Useless human being. A useless eater. All the other phrases that, uh, that you may want to use. They're all accurate. All of them. The people delivering the, this kind of training are the dumbest, most brainwashed humans that this earth has to offer. End of story. They're also the most bigoted, the most discriminatory, and a thousand other things. Anybody who looks into elder abuse, okay, or patient abuse knows that it typically comes from black nurses toward white patients. Now, I'm running under the assumption that that's a statistical fact. Those are all the stories we hear about anyway, aren't they? I mean, take the black kid. Remember the remember the black kid in uh, back in 2020, I think it was, when all hell started to break loose, and he he killed an elderly white man in a nursing home by punching him repeatedly in the head. He got off. I mean, that kid got off. No charges, nothing. He murdered someone on camera. He filmed it. He filmed himself. Or the family filmed it, whatever it was, because they suspected that he was being abused, and rightfully so, because his skull and face were covered in bruises. But it showed him just wailing on this guy. Well, he got off. 
So who's who's the racist then? Where's the real problem? It says it's unclear in the article whether the punishment will be for what the punishment will be for not completing the course, but some have worried that it will mean people will not be able to renew their licenses. Don't get me started on the business of licenses and licensure. Jeez, Louise. It's always been the carrot in front of the donkey. And it's always that just albatross that hangs over top of everyone in the nursing profession, medical profession, legal profession, education profession, that if you're not licensed and you don't keep up with your license, then somehow your life is over. We have to do away with the licensure. We have to. It's been weaponized against us because that was the real intent. The real intent of any license, you know. Let me use a doctor, for example. If a doctor is sleeping with his patients, sleeping with his staff members, like a local doctor here, my old doctor actually, selling drugs and doing copious amounts of other things, whether his license is intact or not, whether he has one or not, don't you just not go to that doctor anymore because they're an asshole? I mean, it seems like it. It seems like, you know, you would just not go because, again, it has nothing to do with his license. It has to do with who they are as a person. Same kind of thing, again, in any profession. Whether they have a license or not, examine the person. Not, oh, we took their license. But see, the whole licensure thing, again, was started for the purpose of essential corporate blackmail. That if you don't play ball, regardless of how radical we become, we will strip you of your license. Again, whether that be... Your, your legal license, your medical license, your teaching license, your nursing license, whatever, whatever it is, that's the, that, that, was, that was the entire scheme behind the certification and licensure program. And it's working. I mean, it's working. They're getting away with it. We're going to take it from you regardless of what you say, regardless of how morally sound you are, and regardless of how many crimes you, you've uprooted and brought into the light, and regardless of how many lives you've saved. We're going, to, we're going to take your license anyway because you wouldn't fill out a particular training or finish a particular training, and, uh, and we disagree with you because, well, let's face it, you're a bigot. I mean, that's it. It's that fragile. That's how fragile this American system is now, and it's not going to survive. I mean, it just won't. You cannot hold this thing up called America with toothpicks that are sinking in the sand and covered in mud and soaking wet for for too much longer. You just can't. The article wraps up here, and Wall ended up saying that uh, she told the outlet, the examiner, that these courses are being pushed by, quote, academics entrenched in woke ideology, and then followed up and said, quote, So we hear from academic nurses who haven't been on the floors or in the hospitals for decades telling us how to do the job. Yeah, exactly. That, that is the problem. You take a nurse who was a nurse for X amount of years, finds their way into academia to then train other nurses. That particular individual is receiving more than just nursing instruction and in how to instruct nurses on medical procedures. They're getting all of the quote-unquote woke training, which really is satanic. It's Satanism. That's what woke means. 
There is no such thing as cancel culture, as you've heard me say. It's Bolshevism. It's a tactic that Bolsheviks used back then because they were Satan worshippers. So ultimately, the whole thing is satanic. Even Amazing Polly had an episode where she's like, what is woke? What does this word woke mean? I immediately answered it as soon as I heard her ask it. I said, it's Satan. It's just Satan. That's it. Call it what it is. But this right here, I'm telling you, this, is, this isn't going to go away. I know I've said that a thousand times already this episode. My apologies. But they're pedal to the floor, fifth gear. This isn't going to go away. That leads me to this. Let me read you this email that I received from a listener of the show. And they said I could read this. And again, this is a, a former slash current school teacher. Uh, again, this speaks right to what I'm talking about here. It, it dives right into it and, it. and people have to understand that this situation that this veteran school teacher has experienced is more common than you can possibly imagine. And it's heartbreaking because, again, they were doing the right thing. But now the right thing, well, it's not even just now, even in my case, uh, you know, a decade plus ago, doing the right thing doesn't get you much anywhere, certainly not within the business itself anyway. So here's what they said. They said, quote, I've been a Texas secondary mathematics teacher since 2000. I'm only a few years from being able to retire. I thought I could hang on, but it's become impossible. In 2021, my term contract was non-renewed for insubordination. I'll leave the school district out, but it's one I've brought up on the show before. They said I had stopped wearing the mask in January of 2021 when the vaccines became available. My teeth were getting affected by the mask. I had also slipped and fallen on a tile floor at work because the mask prevented me from seeing the liquid on the floor. I also stopped forcing my students to keep theirs on. Many of students suffered from asthma. Yep, that right there alone is a HIPAA violation and uh, Americans with Disabilities Act violation, the likes of which these people cannot comprehend. But this teacher gets it. Uh, she continued and said, I did not discourage anyone from wearing theirs. I never got the COVID vaccine. I'm glad I didn't. By then, I had come to realize that this was a depopulation agenda and the students and staff were being coerced through fear and intimidation. I believe strongly back then that the biological weapon was the vaccine, not COVID. Exactly. Yep, there is no COVID. There is just there, <laughs> there is no Dana only Zool. There is no uh <laughs> there is no COVID only jab. They continued and said I refused to get a medical exemption for the face mask. I was told even when I did, I would still be required to wear a face shield or a handkerchief over my nose and mouth. I told HR I was not going to do this because it was falsely implying to the students that there was something to fear. By then it was clear there wasn't. No one was dying from COVID. Since being non-renewed from that job, I've been non-renewed from two other districts where I was working on a probationary contract. I have done nothing wrong in either of those jobs, but districts talk to one another. There is no doubt in my mind that I'm on a blacklist, even though my certification is valid. They said, I feel that I must fight this non-renewal by their school district. They said, I may have grounds to fight this last non-renewal from my probationary contract. The reason that this principle put in writing for my non-renewal are false and can easily be proven as false. There is so much more I can share 
I've got the documentation. You're welcome to use any of this on your podcast. I agree. I agree. The only way to stop this is to walk away from it. I've not had an easy time finding a lawyer. Even lawyers who agree to represent you have a tendency to take your money and really represent the side with the deeper pockets. I'm ready to fight this. Uh, I am aware of the Bonds for the Win website. I have not been able to get the actual information for their school district's bonds. And then it says, in Texas, you have four years to fight wrongful termination. Any suggestions you provide would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for what you're doing. I agree with much of what you say. I love your sense of humor. You always make me laugh. I never miss your show sincerely. Thank you again for the email. I invited them on the show. They're welcome to come on and talk about this more specifically. Uh, you know, the suggestions that I provided them are not necessarily ones that are easy for anybody to hear. She's 100% right about the lawyer situation. Many education lawyers in situations like this, where individuals are being demoralized and, uh, and being falsely terminated for doing the right thing, many of these education lawyers are paper pushers, and they will simply stamp the papers and move them along and say, look, I mean, they'll stand up for you, but finding that individual can be a very difficult thing to do because they have to agree with you on what you were doing. They have to agree, agree with you that the mask was bullshit, that the jabs are bullshit, and, and all of that. Um, basically, the, the larger suggestion that I made was is that if they walk away, which I recommended and would recommend, is as difficult as I know that it is. Uh, and demoralizing and a thousand other things. The grass is greener on the other side. That's really number one. And number two, go out with a bang. Whatever you do, and I don't mean shoot up the place, but <laughs> certainly you want to go out and you want to make sure that everybody gets theirs who has it coming. So learn how to file formal complaints within the district. They have a policy, they have a form. They tell you who to send it to. These are all of the individuals that you want to send it to, including, in this case, it sounds like it anyway, the, uh, the human resources director. File a complaint against them. I also suggested again that uh, you, make, you make this known. You make these behaviors known even, well, I, don't, I didn't suggest this, but I haven't in past episodes, that when, when you're experiencing something like this and after you toss in your resignation and you send that along with your formal complaints that you email everybody that you worked with, I mean, every single employee, all of them, don't leave a single stone unturned. Every administrator and every employee that you worked with within those buildings and you tell them exactly what happened and exactly the way that you were treated. It's, it'll, it'll be a large email, but you're making sure that they're not getting away with it, that everybody knows. And you want to make sure and do that before they terminate your email access, if they haven't already. But even if they have, you still have all their emails because they publicize their emails by and large, and, and there you go. But what you're doing, again, with a formal complaint that you send, again, to a district office or wherever you end up sending it, is you make sure and send it and file it against every single person who wronged you in this situation. I also suggested to them that they get on my website, AmericanEducationFM.com, and under the Medical Documents tab, when you scroll down a little bit, um, I've got PDFs there, again, linking all of the mask articles, all of the jab articles, all of that stuff, and how they harm and kill people. 
Not to mention, of course, the book that I wrote, the last book I wrote, that right there is a, a resource and a reference that uh, that you can include in that if you if you feel you know feel like you want to do that. The point is, is that you don't want to leave a stone unturned here, and you don't want them to feel like they're getting away with it, like you're just some other employee who's going to just submit and just do what they're told, and well, we're terminating you because we know that there's nothing that you can do, and you're not going to fight back. There are things that you can control, and filing formal complaints is one of them. Now, what's that going to lead to? Well, you're not necessarily going to find that out, which sucks, because you would like to know that it would maybe lead to someone's firing, or someone not getting a pension, or something along those lines. That's not likely to occur, but what you can do is you can throw a firecracker into the toilet of that school building, metaphorically, and, uh, and watch what happens. Because that's what will happen. With an email like the one I just suggested that a person write, it'll cause chaos within the working environment because they will immediately start looking at each other and turning on one another. And at this point, why not twist the knife? Just twist it. It feels better. I'm, I'm certain of that. And as I said in the email to this individual, I said, to this day, I regret not doing that myself. I didn't do anything that I just suggested in my in my own uh, in my own employment when I was a K twelve school teacher, and I should have, because there were serious crimes being violated. Again, I went to the police; they didn't do anything. Uh, I went to lawyers; they didn't do anything, and we were talking about crimes against children, sexual grooming, physical abuse. You would think that they would have done something and taken this up in an instant, but no, 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 not the case. Not even a prosecutor. Not even a prosecuting lawyer in the county wanted to touch this with a 10-foot pole. So that should tell you the depth of the corruption. It is massive. But it's not easy to hear. It's not easy to follow through with. But it is somewhere where you can put your effort and your energy, and it will feel a little bit better when, when you're done sending it out. Because, again, you're throwing a firecracker right into their toilet, and they don't even know that it's there. So remind them how bad the environment is is ultimately my tip with that. Um, I've, I've also received some other emails from other listeners on other subjects. Uh, one in particular, I might add, that I referenced in a previous episode, and I'm going to read their email uh, in the next episode for Wednesday because it is lengthy, it is incredible, and it, it does speak to this also, all this language manipulation and how endless places of employment, essentially, uh, even when dealing with insurance companies, as this individual brings up in their email, is uh, is seeking to manipulate the mind of everybody who participates. And then again, threaten to find them if they don't participate and a thousand other things. But uh, the insanity doesn't end is, is the overall point there. And I, I wanted to bring that to your attention. To, to summarize, however, this education topic here, just for this episode, I thought this was funny, and this was, again, from the Gateway Pundit. My apologies for reading some, so much of their stuff here. Uh, again, they're sort of slow on the uptake, but I'm just going to read this headline, and then I'm going to read this one quote, because this right here exemplifies the entire, the entire thing. The headline is, Missouri School Board rescinds their diversity, equity, and inclusion resolution that they implemented during the Black Lives Matter riots. And here's the direct quote from one, of the, from one of the board members. And again, it's just perfect. Here's what they said exactly. 
it says uh, it says the following: It says school board member Jane Putzker, if I'm saying that right, or Pusker, asked what the policy has done, noticing that she has not seen any proof that it did any good. Quote: My thought on the policy is, what has it really done? Pusker asked. Quote: How effective has it been? Show me proof. I haven't gotten any. Unquote. That's it. That's the whole charade in one quote. Everything that I just brought up in this episode, that's the whole charade. Show me the proof that your professional development works. They can't because they have none, because they're not evaluating its effectiveness, because if they did, it would cease to exist. Show me how the nursing uh, course that, that Kentucky nurses are forced to take is actually effective. You can't. And they'll never evaluate it because it isn't effective because it's pretend. And so on and so on and so on. This is the problem. American K-12 schools haven't evaluated whether or not masks were effective. That's not an accident. They haven't evaluated whether or not they believe as an organization that the COVID shots, quote-unquote, bioweapons, have actually saved anyone's lives and reduced the spread of anything. They haven't done that themselves. They haven't consulted with anybody with a brain in their skull, and they're not going to. Because if they did, like I said, they'd throw themselves off a bridge, there'd be a pile of bodies, and everybody down there would be looking at lanyards of people in the education profession and the nursing profession and so on and so on. That would be the slippery slope. We can't expect an insane environment filled with insanity, brainwashing, demoralization, programming, reprogramming, all of it, to evaluate themselves on the program that is causing the environment to be the way that it is. They'll never do that. Not ever. Remember, they're never wrong. And they believe this. They believe that they are never wrong. They're managers. We just manage society and we manage politics that enter our sphere of influence and we're just managing. But evaluating, no, 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 no. They don't ever want to do that. When was the last time you had a school teacher have their students evaluate them? It doesn't happen. I did it. I did it every semester that I taught school, even dating back to student teaching. I always had my students evaluate me. You can take a pretty good guess as to how they evaluated me, I bet. But school teachers don't do that because they don't want to know. And that's a huge problem. One last story here real quick from The Blaze. Shouldn't shock anybody. Also another corporation that doesn't want to do any evaluating of anything. Browns wide receiver Marquise Goodwin, 32, will miss the start of the NFL training camp due to, you guessed it, Alarming blood clots in legs and lungs. Shocking, isn't it? Shocking. He began experiencing discomfort in his legs and slight shortness of breath during organized team activities in the spring. Follow-up tests reveal that the 32-year-old athlete had been suffering from blood clots in his legs and lungs. Well, what caused that? There's a thing that caused it that arguably the majority of American society and people around the world have injected into themselves more than once. What is that thing? I think we know. It continues to disgust me 
all of the people who are becoming ill from these shots in either, well, many of them don't know, unfortunately. And it could be that it's starting to set in with some that are still alive. But at the exact same time, the ones that have the biggest platforms and the largest voices who are ill from these shots, like the Jamie Foxes of the world and these actors, actresses, and so on and so forth, you would think that in all of the praising of God that they will do for being alive, they would have a moral compass to openly state, I wouldn't have experienced this if I had not taken those shots. But we're not hearing it yet. They're not saying it yet. It can't get more obvious. And they're just gaslighting themselves and everybody around them. And they're proving, I might add, behaviorally, that they are slaves. That they are absolute slaves. Because if they're not going to say the true cause of their real illness and what caused it, well, they're slaves. I have one last thing here. I'm just going to throw this in at the end. I think it, again, kind of ties this together neatly. <laughs> this, is, this is interesting. It's going to read as if this is a bad thing, but it's actually kind of funny. Um, and uh, some of the word usage in this is, is not, uh, you know, it's, it's standard propaganda, so to speak, evil propaganda, but it's also remarkably hypocritical of the chat GPT system to actually produce this answer. And this is, again, this is rather comical, but um, it's accurate to some extent as well. So this was on greatawakening.win, and I pulled it off. And I think the person said that someone who goes by the handle of uh, Deluxe Pepe or something like that, um, that they asked ChatGPT about psychological operations. And when, when they're occurring in our country, what is it that we should do? And here's the answer. So the, first of all, the question that they asked the AI system, which as we know, and I'll tie this in, of course, is that this AI system is being used to quite literally create the professional development also that exists within schools, nursing programs, corporations, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they're asking, they're asking computers what should be done. But this answer that they provide is, is interesting. The question is, quote, if your country was underneath a psychological operation by your own country, what should be the ground rules for a citizen to see what's real? That's the question. Here's what ChatGPT said. They said if a country is undergoing a psychological operation conducted by its own government, it could create confusion and distrust among citizens, making it difficult for them to discern what's real and what's not. In such a scenario, it is essential to establish ground rules to help citizens navigate through the information landscape and determine the truth as accurately as possible. Here are some of the ground rules that could be beneficial. Now, first of all, that paragraph was pretty well done. I mean, the stupid computer actually came up with a pretty decent answer. What's funny is, it's not what the left does, is it? It's not even what many of the right do either. But it is actually a pretty objective answer. Their first suggestion, and by the way, they have 10 suggestions here. So number one, it says diversify information sources. Encourage citizens to seek information from multiple independent and reputable sources, including international media outlets, respected fact-checking organizations, and I disagree with that, and non-governmental entities. 
It says relying on single source can lead to biased perspectives. Number two, critical thinking and media literacy. Promote critical thinking skills and media literacy among citizens to help them identify misinformation, propaganda, and disinformation. See, I don't like the word usage, but the message is is kind of solid. It says citizens should be encouraged to question the credibility and motive behind the information they encounter. This again is hilarious because it's the left that created ChatGPT. Morally sound people would not have created this AI system. And yet, this is the answer it's providing, which is hilarious because they don't take their own advice. Number three, verify information before sharing. They said, advise citizens to not share information blindly without verifying its authenticity. Misinformation can spread rapidly, and it's crucial for citizens to be responsible when sharing information, especially on social media. Number four, fact-checking platforms. Support and promote fact-checking. Fact checking. You get what I'm saying. Fact-checking platforms that are transparent, nonpartisan, and well-regarded. These platforms can help citizens fact-check claims and rumors circulating online. Number five, uh, encourage open discussions. Also something the left does not do. Neither does the right, unfortunately. Promote an environment where citizens feel comfortable discussing different viewpoints and opinions. Open discussions can help in uncovering the truth and challenging false narratives. See, I like that one because you've heard me say, if I was to speak at a city council meeting in the town where I live, this is exactly what I would suggest to them. I would back those bastards into a corner to where they would basically say, um, well, we don't think we can do that. Uh, you, you're, you're asking to have a discussion and a debate in a college town. Uh, there's lots of stages and ample seating. Yes, yes, yes. But we, we don't want to have a discussion uh, with you because, well, you're a bigot. I mean, that's what they would say. So yeah, encouraging an open discussion. I mean, you can do it in a city council meeting, but the problem is, is that in an open forum where endless people would show up, they would get slaughtered, and there's no way that they would ever want to do that. It was like that uh, William William Buckley quote that I that I read again. When you when you shine a light on a liberal, the only thing that's going to show is how much they don't know. Let me move on here. Number six, it says uh, project. I'm I'm sorry. Protect whistleblowers. I can read number <laughs> number six. Protect whistleblowers. It says establish mechanisms to protect and encourage whistleblowers who come forward with information about potential government deception or manipulation. Weird. What a weird suggestion. Funny how they don't take their own advice. Number seven, transparent government communication. Advocate for increased transparency in government communication. The government should be open about its actions and intentions to build trust with the public. If you're, uh, yeah. Well, it's true, but if you're having to build trust, that means you have none to begin with. Number eight, independent oversight and investigation. Support the establishment of independent bodies to investigate any allegations of government manipulation and psychological operations. These bodies should have the authority to hold the government accountable for any wrongdoing. Ugh, it's so tiring, isn't it? Number nine, 
Engage with international organizations. Encourage citizens to stay informed about the country's situation through international organizations, independent observers, and diplomatic missions. International scrutiny can act as a check on government behavior. I agree and disagree. Uh, Number 10. Peaceful protests and freedom of expression. Uphold and protect citizens' right to peaceful protests and freedom of expression. These rights are essential for citizens to voice their concerns and how the government and hold the government accountable. And then they concluded by saying this. The the chat system did. After that 10-point list, they said, remember that navigating a psychological operation can be challenging and citizens must stay vigilant, informed, and critical of information until the truth becomes clearer. These ground rules can help citizens maintain their ability to see what's real and make informed decisions despite the psychological manipulation they may be experiencing. And then the author of the question wrote the following. They said, that's awesome advice, period. And then ChatGPT responded and said, thank you. I'm glad you found the advice helpful in times of uncertainty and potential psychological operations. It's critical for citizens to stay informed and critically evaluate the information they encounter. By following these ground rules, uh, they're basically repeating themselves, but by following these ground rules, individuals can empower themselves to make informed decisions and contribute to a more transparent and accountable society. If you have any more questions or need further assistance, feel free to ask, stay informed, and stay curious, unquote. (laughs) The chat system said stay curious. The thing that no one in corporate America wants you to do is ask questions and be curious. That's it. They don't want you to do it. The education profession, all of it. You start asking questions, you're curious, you get the axe. That's the way it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, it blows me away every day. Ugh, yikes. Okay. In conclusion, please bounce over to the American Classroom uh, Substack and check out my most recent Substack. It's a nice lead-in to, again, more of what we're going to talk about with Jesse James and Outcast on the Dangerous Info podcast on Monday night. Make sure and check that out, too, if you are interested. Um, Yeah, there you go. Thanks for listening again. And I'll catch you on Wednesday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.